See if you're able to survive our three Nick style as we talk about fans of One Piece. And welcome back to Phanthropological. Uh, my name is Nick G, and thank you so much for uh, for downloading uh, and listening to, or watching, if you're watching on Twitch, this episode of the podcast, where today we'll be talking about One Piece, or as I uh, thought it said in many threads, original poster. <laughs> <laughs> and here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. Here's how the story goes. We find out about a treasure in the Grand Line. There's no doubt. Pirate whose eye is on it. He'll sing. I'll be the king of the pirates. I'm going to be king. <laughs> Nailed it. And uh, <laughs> here to top that, Nixie. I'm, I'm really glad to be here, uh, guys. Um, I had a really rough day. Uh, I found this great cake, but uh, there was only one piece. Oh, God. Just Ooh. like straight up and straight down. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, special guest joining us this week, uh, official columnist and One Piece fan, Greg Warner. Greg, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. This is a pleasure. Uh, oh, I know we talked a little bit about it during Chrono Trigger, um, but uh, this is really exciting for me to get to talk to you guys about what I'm really into right now. So thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, and it, it works out really well for us because we, like in most episodes, are not experts and probably have lots of questions about the One Piece fandom and One Piece universe. I saw a really good picture comparing, like, I think it was Naruto and Bleach and One Piece in terms of their plot lines. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, that. like, the, the One Piece is just a graph that expands in every single direction. So <laughs> I'm sure we're, sure we're going to have some questions. <laughs> But to get things started, if you are listening to this podcast and you have no idea about what One Piece is, I'm not sure I can help you that much, but I'm going to try. And uh, Greg, please jump in if I am absolutely wrong or if you've got something to add, because I'm going to start with some really basic stuff. All right. I don't want to be the well actually guy, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll give you a shot. Okay. All right. Uh, One Piece is a long running shonen manga series created by Oda Eiichiro. I think I got that right. Uh, that is serialized in Weekly Shonen Jump. The story chronicles the adventures of Monkey D. Luffy, a boy who gained a rubber-like body after eating a cursed fruit as a young child, and his quest to find the One Piece and become the Pirate King. Along his journey, he fights many villains, makes new friends, and finds his Nakama, most of whom join his crew, the Straw Hat Pirates. Since the first volume was released in 1997, which, for reference, is the same year as The Fifth Element, Star Fox 64, and Final Fantasy VII, Wow. An additional 89 volumes have been released, over 850 episodes of the anime, 13 movies, 45 games, including GameSpy's Game Boy Advance Platformer of the Year in 1995. Wow. And, and like a lot of other stuff, uh, light novels, like art, discographies, all sorts of things. There's been a lot of One Piece. I also found some search data and this is where i might have a question for you greg because uh this there was this weird little pattern uh we use google trends to look at at how popular a thing is because 
you know, we could ask people on the internet and we'd get some really weird answers. It's like one piece is the best or one piece is the worst. And it's not a great uh, yardstick to try to figure things out. I noticed that if we look at Google Trends, it's been getting more and more popular since about 2004. But there's this weird spike in October of 2010-ish where it gets kind of popular and then it drops off. Like in like a three-month span. I don't know what it was. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. All right. I know exactly what that is. My only caveat is going to be... You did a, you did a phenomenal job, by the way. Um, props. Major props. There are 90 volumes available right now. Oh, sorry. I was... The first volume plus 89. Oh, first volume? Oh, ah. You... <laughs> you... You... I'm doing my Robert De Niro, De Niro now. Um, hey, that one piece of cake you found, I, uh, I guess you can have it and eat it too. Yeah. <laughs> so, the spike, right, 2010. You said spring, right? Uh, I think it was October, but I, I honestly don't know, don't remember the specific... Like, it started getting popular in the spring, and then in October it gets... To like the peak, and then it starts going down almost immediately after. Okay. But if if you know right, something, yeah. then that's probably more than I know. Oh, absolutely. This would be um, this would be the strong world effect, and uh, the strong world and the marine fort effect. It's a combination of the two. Um, strong world is the what was it? The ninth One Piece movie or the tenth One Piece movie? Um, I don't even remember now. Uh, and I think it was the tenth. And Strong World was the first One Piece film that uh, Oda Eiichiro worked on in terms of he was uh, he was like a, they called him like executive, like total producer for it. He he wrote a great deal of it. Uh, he did character design, uh, many, many character designs for it. Uh, and uh, he, he basically controlled how the story went. They wanted to do this as a big kind of celebration uh, for the series and, and how, yeah, it was the 10th movie, uh, and for how it had grown over the 10 years. Um, they, that, that got fans excited. All right. And that was in and of itself a, a great event, but what really made it kind of, uh, I, I guess there, there's a word in, in Japanese for it. It's something that, that never comes twice, something that's so big that it never comes twice. Um, what made it so huge was the, do I have it? I have it right here. Yeah. This little book, this one little book right here. One piece volume zero, very thin, um, very little guy here. And this was distributed with, um, tickets to go see the movie. The movie theaters gave these out to, uh, to people who came and there was uh, a chapter of one piece called chapter zero. And they said that this is this is not chapter zero is not going to be uh, in any volume. You know the volumes. It's not going to be in any volume. Uh, your only way to get this it's going to be in jump. We're going to release it in weekly jump. But your only way to get it in volume form is going to be to get it through this. People went nuts. <laughs> I live in the middle of the sticks. All right, out in the middle of nowhere. All right, and the the I. Got to the movie theater at 6 a.m. to line up wow. uh, for a, for what was it, like a, a, a 10, 15 or something show. And there was already somebody in, in line. There was already one person <laughs> in line. 
And by the time we got out, uh, there was this is this would be a, an illegal fire hazard in the states, but um, it was standing room only. People were were standing Whoa. watching this movie wow. in the aisles. If there was a fire, we would have all died watching One Piece. Um, at least we would have died happy. Um, but but um, when I walked out of that first showing, the line which already wrapped around the building was now, and this is again, this is the sticks was two city blocks. And I have, I, there's a video of this on YouTube. If you look up like strong world, one piece movie, 10, the experience or something like that, there's a YouTube video, um, that I, I, I put together for it mm-hmm. and it, it chronicles like my adventures getting up. I think at like four o'clock or five o'clock, something like that. And, uh, you see the line at the end, it just, I speed through it and it's amazing. So, uh, that got the word out about One Piece. It got the word out to families. Now, the thing about One Piece is there are a lot of uh, adult fans. It's kind of done the Harry Potter thing where uh, people who were into it when it was published uh, as children now have children of their own uh, who, who are reading it and are fans. And what that did was it got the people who, who'd grown up since the publication, because this was two. Th- 2009. Yeah, this is 2009, uh, December 2009. And uh, it got those people who had children, the children really got into it and became aware of it. And those children, because Japan is is such a group-oriented society, because you had such a large volume of school children exposed to this through their parents, they started talking about it at school. And you had families talking about it, so the kids became more into it. Uh, they became knowledgeable about it, and they started watching the anime. They got caught up on the anime, and you had this massive, massive boom in in manga sales because. And this is it's like not the perfect storm, but it, it, it's like it, it's what every manga author dreams of in having this already well established series, this very long series that's you know X volumes long. Mm-hmm. And then hitting a boom. Because then what that does is it means that everybody, everybody who is already into your series buys it, right? You go, they're going to buy every new volume. But those old volumes aren't selling as well. But when you get something like this, it's um, what do you say? not lightning in a bottle exactly. But when you get something like this, you get everybody now purchasing the entire series Ooh. all the way from the beginning. And... That its sales exploded in Japan. I had never seen anything like it. Prior to that time, I described One Piece as very popular, but never to the the extent that Dragon Ball was. It wasn't ubiquitous. Like, you had your fans. It had a boom when it was first released. During the Skypiea arc, that boom declined and it stayed down. I mean, it was, it was always popular, um, but it wasn't a... a quote-unquote boom anymore as they call it what this did is it almost oh my it didn't even it didn't even double it it almost quite you look at the graph for sales of the manga of one piece and it's just like it's like this and then skype and then like this pretty steady up and down and then like almost like this like off the charts wow. when strong world hit and what was super amazing about this was and this this is what was the perfect storm you had this volume zero which, by the way, a little bit of trivia, this volume zero, there's actually five different versions of it Ooh. because of printing, <laughs> like, mistakes and errors and things. There's, um, there, wow, I flipped right to it. There's, um, 
this newspaper headline is uh, is slightly different. There's an outline on this this text. There's a black outline on that text in one version. In another version, this line right here from uh, from Sengoku, young Sengoku, is is slightly different. And in one of the more rare versions, let's see if I can quickly find here. I won't waste too much time on this if I can't find. It. Yeah, there we go. See how uh, see how everybody looks really rough on this page. Mm-hmm. Like they're all rough sketches, except for Zoro. Zoro looks like a pretty clear sketch. The super rare version of I forget which one it is. I don't think I would leave the, the super rare version just out of my shelf. But the super rare <laughs> version of this has a, a rough sketch of Zoro as well, and that's the hardest one to find. So, uh, something you didn't need to know, but now you know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that was the Volume Zero and Strong World Miracle, but that combined with uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Marineford arc, Marineford. I called Marineford Marineford. It's um. In the states, it's called the the Paramount War, and it's this uh, this large battle that occurs at the the base of the Marines. Uh, it's where Luffy goes to rescue his uh, his brother Ace, and that saga, that whole arc, is very unlike One Piece to that point. You have a lot of of personalities from the past, a lot of new personalities, a lot of people that the, the author hyped uh, coming together, meeting for the first time, and clashing. You don't even have the full main crew. Um, you only we're only following the adventures of the captain Luffy at that point. Everybody else has been through circumstances, been separated, and you basically have a kind of Dragon Ball scenario going on of all these crazy powers <laughs> coming together at once, clashing. I mean, people causing um, the frozen the, the the entire frozen sea around this island to 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 earthquake and like taking large sections of the, of a tidal wave that that could take out a chunk of a city being sliced off by a swordsman. Um, you have all of these crazy elements coming together at once. And it's just like, Whoa, what is going on? And that's the arc that occurred right after strong world, right? When people were starting to get into it. And when the kids get into this, it, that's where it just, took off even more. And that's the, the long answer to your question. <laughs> that, that's okay. And cause like after that, it's, it's a smooth like upward trend, but there's this one point that spikes. And one thing that I was looking into because, you know, I'm, I didn't think to do this before the show, but I did look up for a different show at the end um, of this graph around 2015 to the present, it starts going downwards. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. Cause for the most part, it's getting more popular, but then it stops. It stops becoming more popular. And I was, curious so i punched in my hero academia because i was like well maybe maybe that was maybe there's like a trade-off people are doing more of that and it it does kind of line up that my hero academia shows up and starts becoming more popular while one piece is becoming less popular but Mm -hmm. that's just like conjecture on my in this episode now you're you're dead on you're exactly right one. This is this is actually something that I, I don't know if you're uh, aware of it or not, but this is something that the author has even uh, one the One Piece author has addressed in an interview with the this is this is so funny this is a perfect tie-in my, my Hero Academia mm-hmm. movie just recently came out right okay released in theaters in Japan um, guess what they did with it oh uh, cross they released Ooh. a a volume they released a movie theater only volume just like this with it. Yeah. 
And uh, in that volume, there's uh, an interview between Oda Eiichiro and uh, Horikoshi Sensei. And um, uh, Oda mentions, he even says, like, my daughter, she was like, Dad, is your manga going to be okay? The kids at school are all like My Hero Academia. Uh, as I, I'm an elementary school teacher. I work in elementary school. So nobody in all of Japan has their pulse on what is the hotness like elementary school children. Uh, I don't know if it's the same, same in, in Canada or in, in the States anymore. But like if you want to know what's going to be popular – the the trends over here follow children first, so uh, everybody's talking about My Hero Academia now. So that's definitely the next like big big thing. Uh, we'll see how far it goes. Um, I think the author uh, Horikoshi Sensei just recently said he's like I think my story is halfway over. But the thing to remember about that is uh, Oda Eiichiro said that One Piece was uh, the story of One Piece was half over at volume twenty four, and we're now at ninety. So, um. <laughs> so never say never. Oh, man. Um, you, I also would like to point out uh, that I I saw the movie in the theater and got nothing. Um, what I was going to say was like, Greg, you've touched on so many things that I'm in my notes. I'm like, bring this up, bring this up. It's like, so so I'm going to come back to a bunch of that later. Um, I did have a couple of other fandom facts, but I think. I'm going to defer that and sprinkle that into the conversation because I, I feel like that's where a lot of it's going to end up. Okay. Uh, but one of the things that you mentioned, which I wanted to bring up, was uh, Oda Ichiro's uh, projection for how the series is going. <laughs> because I was, I was looking, you know, before the episode, uh, I don't know about G and Z's experiences, but uh, I've, I've only seen bits and pieces of One Piece from like Shonen Jump when I was in, I don't know, high school. Yep. and the, the print uh, version. Yeah, yeah, like wow, and here, um, and so I've only seen like bits and pieces. So a lot of what I learned about the show comes from research. And one thing I found was mentioning like, oh, in 2012 it's 60 percent done, in 2016 it's 65 percent done, and in 2018 he said, uh, you know, it's about 80 percent done. So I did some <laughs> maths, and uh, you know, if if we look that up, it's it should be done in uh, 2026. <laughs> All right. So I, I and I meant I remember you you tweeting at the time when he, I think some news had come out and you're like you know he's only half done so uh, I'm curious where you think how much more One Piece you think there is. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I, I love this question um, because there is an easy answer to it. And uh, when Oda says his predictions for like how far the story along when you ask him, Hey, is your story done? He will only answer that question in terms of the story, what he sees as the, the story. And he created one piece from the backwards forward. He, when he was in middle school, he had the idea for the end of the series. And from that point, he worked his way backwards to making the story mm -hmm. and that he, in his mind, he has, okay, I want this to happen, this to happen, this needs to happen. And then we're done in his mind. Originally, that was a five-year story. When you, when you go to Shueisha and you, you say, look, I have a story. I want to write a manga. They say, you suck. Um, you need to do more work first. And they're like, oh no, no. And, but that's, that's like, that's, like they're quote unquote hazing. 
All right. Uh, you come back again and they're like, this still sucks. Do better. And they just that they keep polishing you like that. Oda was the same way in that he came and he's like, I want to write this story. And they're like, no, you got to do this first. Okay. Uh, and then he fought really hard for that pirate story. He didn't get it. He didn't have a lot of people on, on his side at first. He did a couple other one shots, um, but he still wanted to do what became One Piece. He fought for it. And eventually like, all right, fine. You're going to get this series. Um, Sasaki, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, what's it called? Uh, Bakuman? the manga about being a mangaka at Shueisha, basically. There's a, a character called Sasaki, and he was the editor-in-chief of, of uh, Jump. And at that time, he wasn't editor-in-chief, but he still stood up for Oda, hmm. made the series possible. And when you go in there with with a series, you have to have a plan. You have to say, um, look, I, I, this is my full idea for the start of this this saga, the middle of the saga and the end of it. And this is what I'm I'm looking to write. And it's over, you know, X amount of years. And his plan for that was five years. Uh, they said, okay. So he starts writing. And immediately One Piece is number one in the rankings. Um, it, it takes jump by storm. It's, you know, being set up to be the next Dragon Ball. Due to that popularity, they're like, okay, keep writing. A lot of authors feel a lot of pressure at that point, And they think... Oh man, they're like, I, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I only have, you know, I only came to you with this story. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oda is one of the few, the the big ones, who, if you say write more, he's like, great. I have these these notebooks oh, filled man. from when I was a child that of story <laughs> ideas that I want to draw. She's like, great. I, so you mean I can draw more of what I I want to draw anyway in this story? Awesome. And because of how his islands are set up if you don't understand one piece there the, the basic ideas are in a crazy place where islands are very separated and then they can have very different cultures all right because of how that is established and how he made that world you can go to an island that uh has i don't know let's just say this doesn't exist but let's say they have space travel then you can go to another island with where they have dinosaurs you can go to another island where it's a high school drama he can draw <laughs> any kind of story he wants in this one world so when they say draw more, he's like, great, I have ideas. I'm going to use them. So when you ask Oda, what is your, you know, how long is your story? He knows that these are the beats I need to hit. Mm -hmm. And when he says I'm halfway done, that means like, yeah, the story that I want to tell is halfway done. But to go from here to here, to fill in, you know, the other stories that he finds that, that he's interested in along the way or to tell that story, it might take much longer. So let's say that, you know, he, in his five-year plan, uh, I think he, he, he detailed it exactly. Um, before they even entered Grand Line, uh, I believe he wanted to have the full crew assembled. And as it stands today, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years after publication, he still does not have the full crew fully assembled. So, wow. um, yeah. Uh, so he's not BSing and he's not <laughs> Um, he's not pulling it out of his, his rear either. He's answering honestly. And that's why you cannot calculate an exact ending for this because that 20% of the story that's, that's left that he says might have so many beats in it left to hit that it might have only this, this many. Let's say it has three major beats that it needs to hit, 
but the distance between those beats might be enormous. Yeah. Um, I think he even said with this with this five year plan, he said the wrap up arc would be a year. So uh, that, that's that's back when he you know had this simple idea of One Piece in his mind. So imagine what the wrap up arc is going to be now. I mean, it was massive in in a series like Naruto. So just imagine what it's going to be in One Piece. Ooh. <laughs> so he is too long. Didn't read for that. Yeah. Is he is answering honestly, but the. The points between those percents that he considers the story might be very, very long. I have two references to drop based on what you said. The first, the Greek philosopher Zeno, who said that the distance between two points is infinite. Oh, I haven't seen this <laughs> He said, yes, you have this point and this Brilliant. point, but then you See, can put a, you know, a point in the middle, and then you can put a point in between those two points, and then so on and ever. So the distance is, uh, is infinite. Which, if he's enthusiastic about writing more between those two points, all the better. Like, some <laughs> some authors are, like, like tortured by continuing to write. I know I know, I know. know Douglas Adams didn't have a good time, yes. but, though he, he did the same thing with his trilogy <laughs> in five parts. The other thing I wanted to say was, like, in terms of um, visiting these islands and having these, like, completely different experiences in all these different societies, that reminds me of Doctor Who. Doctor Who has like has like a incredible elasticity because ah. it's just anywhere in time and space there can be a planet where whatever's happening or you can go to the past or whatever. So like it's just hmm. like you're not you're not treading on the same the same setting all the time. So everything it, it's very easy to freshen it up. Exactly. Um, that and and he's very very lucky that he's he's established that for himself because he did have all these ideas. At one point they were like, hey, what kind of manga do you want to write next? And he was like, I want to write a robot manga. And now they're like, what what manga do you want to write less? He's like, no, this is it. It's like one piece. I'm writing one piece and that's it. But I can write any kind of story I want in here. So, you know, kudos to me. So, yeah, he is enthusiastic about it. It's He's not – he doesn't have a, a chain on his, on his ankle. He's not sitting at the desk and uh, writing it at the behest of, of Shueisha. Given that it has that kind of quality, like that one piece has this – almost, I guess, ability to sort of be pretty much any kind of story uh, uh, Ichiro uh, wants it to be. Um, do you think that's a point of appeal for fans? Like, do you think it makes it easier for somebody who finds out about it today and wants to start watching One Piece to, like, start at episode or volume 85 rather than volume 1? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. It's it's a very, very difficult entry. And that is a problem that being involved on the production side of One Piece, that is something that they're constantly battling with. Uh, that is a very, very real problem. Um, because you... I, I, I'm sure you guys have experienced it too, where you're like, this series is great. You've got to, you've got to read this or see this or experience this. And you tell somebody, and you're like, oh, okay. How many episodes or chapters or whatever is it? And you're like, uh, 1,244. And you're just like, I'm, I'm, we're done. We're done. Yeah. Sorry. And you're like, no, you don't understand. Um, it only starts and- getting good at like the 200th chapter. <laughs> That's, um, that's a constant problem for the for the series and that's actually something they're working on right now on the production side is how do you how do we get people interested or involved in the series uh when it is this long when you need to have this much information to to come into the story and just just to follow what's going on that's why the anime is largely 
in the form that it is today with these massive, massive recaps and rehashings of the, of the story and the tale right. at the beginning. There's major wastes of time uh, for, for us, for people who've been watching for a long time. But the point of all of that is to, to catch people up who, who haven't had the chance to follow all of this. And it is a unfortunately necessary evil. Uh, and it's, it's tough to, to say like, we need this on the one hand, but on the other hand to be like, yeah, this really is, is taking the overall quality of things down. Um, it's, it's a, a balance that I don't think they quite have elegantly dealt with yet, but it's, that's a very astute point And, and that is a problem. I really appreciate you bringing up, like tying together that, that point that, um, you know, it is a lot of folks who have already seen things and it's hard to dive into at a different point because up until like doing the research, I, I was thinking it's like, how do you get into something so big? Sometimes you can skip entire arcs of shows and, and things like that, or there's filler or, or whatnot. Um, but even just mentioning that, you know, this is hard to get into that kind of explained the other thing that I found in terms of demographics. Um, apparently in 2011, which is a few years old at this point, the Japanese television channel NHK conducted a survey of readers of the one piece manga and 88% of the people who responded were adults. And it's like uh, 19 and up. 88% were 19 and up. Only 12% were under 18. I found another set of data, which is funny because it's from the One Piece <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and, the, and the age data is, is like, it's not the same, but it's comparable because the top groups are you know, uh, 21 to 25 is 42% and folks 15 to 20 is 32%. But like, again, the majority of the folks are older. And I was just like, I hadn't even thought that the reason that there are so many older viewers is because it might be hard to get into this (laughs) giant series that goes on and on unless you've been there since it started. That, uh, the NHK program, I, I've seen that. I believe it was close up NHK, um, that's where they interview uh, Isaka-san. Isaka-san was the, the editor at the time. And that was a big figure that they released. That came out just just after the, uh, the 2010, 2009, the, uh, the Strong World Miracle. The Strong World and Marineford Miracle. So I think if they'd done that, one or two years later, they would have found a big base of um, elementary-aged fans as well. However, what you have with the elementary age is a very fickle fan base. So while you have two or three years where that's a big thing, kind of what uh, My Hero is going into right now, after that, you're only going to retain maybe 15 to 20% of that. So even if they did this two years later and and you saw that there was this, yeah, it it was actually uh, finding large fan bases across all age gaps, age groups in Japan. Um, I think mostly it would have gone back to shrunken down back to the size that it was in, in the, the close up uh, Japan in the close up, close up Japan, close up NHK, whatever the the program was, it would have gone back to those findings with a slightly, uh, increased boost in uh, middle school to high school aged fans. I think that's what you probably would have found 
um, going by trends in, in Japan and how they, how they follow. Um, there's such an, such an interesting time to be a One Piece fan because I, I, I mentioned this before, how I never thought One Piece would be ubiquitous like Dragon Ball. But during that period, exactly when they were conducting that interview and you had the, the, the older fans, One Piece became, I want to say, bigger than I think Dragon Ball ever was in Japan wow. for the time. To, to scale. Um, I, I don't want to say, you know, it, it might have been more per- pervasive uh, in how it entered a daily conversation just because of how, how media worked back then in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, whereas now things are a little bit more spread around. You have a lot more information. Yeah. So people aren't necessarily all looking or enjoying the same thing. But it became something that you could discuss with an elderly person or you could discuss with a small child and you'd be on the same page because everybody was absorbing the same content. Um, so even though you had that loyal fan base that is much older, as you described, there was a period there um, where across all age groups, it was, it was ubiquitous. Sorry. Again, I'm, I, I, this is the pod, the one piece podcast hates me and they, they love hate me because, because this is how I answer questions. I just kind of go on and people are just like, oh, okay. All right. We'll have the one piece podcast or the Greg's piece podcast. <laughs> it, whether or not Dragon Ball was or was not bigger than one piece at the t- time or sorry, whether or not one piece was bigger than Dragon Ball at the time, it definitely is now it has, more volumes, more sales, more everything. <laughs> in in terms of yeah, yeah, physical sales. Yep. At, at that time, in that window around 2011, I mean, even mm. even now to some extent, since it still seems that One Piece is fairly popular. Um, like, do you think that the fandom has reached kind of like almost uh, like a level of saturation where it's kind of become part of like a monoculture again you know like how before the internet was a thing people you know had three tv channels so they talk about the same shows and that sort of thing is what does one piece mm-hmm. kind of fit that model do you think or it's it's another good question and and this is something that again the author has addressed specifically in the past in interviews i think it was around uh volume 50 which would have been around the 10-year anniversary, mm-hmm. um, that he described, and I've brought this word up before, they, they use it in Japanese, they call it boom, boom, meaning b- a boom. Yeah. Um, and he yeah, describes manga as, as having um, a, a wave-like cycle of booms. And he, he says, he believes that they come in, if you have a, a good series, he believes that they come in five-year booms um, because that's your turnaround for readership is you have this this window for um, maybe elementary sixth graders through, uh, I guess, maybe high school second year mm-hmm. in Japan. So that's, that's sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, and tenth uh, grade. So that's your, your, your five years there. Uh, for readership, for jump, that's what they're looking for. Is uh, as you know, Shonen Jump, literally young young boys jump magazine. When you turn over those, you, let's say you start a series and you get a fan, like like One Piece did, and and you're immediately popular. Okay, you have those fans for five years, and your series is massively popular. 
and you get to the end of those five years and suddenly those those kids are, and this is not for overseas I'm, I'm overseas is, is a little bit different and i'm even a little bit ignorant to how this this works overseas even you know being from overseas myself but this is how it works here and largely how it works over here with the with the miracle exception of one piece um almost dictates how it's going to be overseas anyway you have these uh these five years and they come to an end and your kids get suddenly busy with uh uh, college entrance exams, and they're they're leaving the manga world for a little bit. They they might they might stop reading a series, and um, they don't dislike it, but they just they have very important things to do for for their future lives. And you lose them, or they drop off. And what do you do? You well, you got to get back to to getting those those kids back in again. You know, from the, from the start, from that sixth grade to to middle school transition. Uh, you need to get those those fans back, but the problem is is they're already into other series that started when you know um, that are that are are popular after One Piece, like the Naruto's or the Bleaches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Let's see, what was it? Two thousand two thousand nine that boom hit right, and two thousand ten it hit big. So there was been two thousand uh, two thousand fifteen. Oh, well, there you go. Around two thousand fifteen would have been the end of that that boom that cycle. Okay. And um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. within, I want to say within like a year or two of then, you have My Hero Academia starting, right? Yeah. So again, there it is. It's that beautiful pattern. It's almost, oh, it's it's almost scientific. It's almost <laughs> math- mathematical how how it hits like that. Uh, and uh, My Hero Academia seems to have uh, quote unquote won this round. You say won, but I mean so many of these authors. Are are they're rivals, but they're good. Fr- they're friendly rivals. They're like the the Sasuke's and the Naruto's and the, <laughs> the uh, Uchida's and the the um, the Ichigo's. They they love this competition. They they live for it to be able to beat each other in jump. Uh, and and it's not mean. It's well, mo- most of it isn't mean. There's some some of them do not like each other, but that's that's the challenge. Is can I be the next winner? I think my my hero academy is going to see a big boom. And I'm happy for it. People are like, well, you like One Piece, so you you you're, you know you don't like this this other series that I. No, I I've met uh, Horikoshi Sensei. He's a totally cool dude. Um, I I have read a, a good chunk of his series. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, but I I don't read it just because I need to focus on One Piece as part of my my work. Uh, I think that that he is going to see a lot of success with this series. But now we're heading into the Wano arc in one piece, which is the, basically the Luffy goes to Japan arc. Oh, yeah. And I think that's going to go over very well, not just in Japan, but around the world. Um, we'll see because Oda, of course, is going to put his wild and weird spin on it, <laughs> which, which is why one piece rubs a lot of people the, weird, the wrong way. They're like, I want my manga to be cool. And Oda's like, well, I like to draw boogers and poop and, you know, um, <laughs> Uh, he, that, that's just him. He wants his manga to have this, this sense of, of weirdness and silliness to it. Cause that's what his theory on what manga should be. Um, not just cool. It needs to be entertaining and funny. And so it needs to be all of those things. And there are a lot of people who want to draw cool manga series and for them. Great. Awesome. I, I completely, uh, support that. I think you need those series. Um, but that's just not him. And that's not, that's not one piece. And maybe that's why it doesn't, you know, find a, a grip in other parts of the world. But I do believe that we're going to see some big things happening 
in terms of popularity with Wano. It makes a strong fight. It makes a strong contender against uh, the popularity of My Hero Academia right now. So you kind of touched on this, and it's something that I've been pondering about since I started doing the research for this episode and talking about, you know, there are things that people love and hate about One Piece. And I remember, you know, reading through Shonen Jump, it's like, oh, Sandman, this is kind of interesting. Okay, Dragon Ball Z, it's like, oh, I've already seen this. I've seen the anime for this. And um, Get Backers, and then there was One Piece. And I was like, I don't know, Pirates and the... And it, it wasn't that necessarily, but it was just like, the. it's like, oh, this looks kind of weird. It looks kind of Western. And if I wanted to read comics, then I'd read comics. But when I was doing the research, I found all these different things that I wouldn't have thought of have, having not dive in, dove into the series. And some of the things that we've mentioned, like that, that it can go pretty much anywhere that it chooses. For you, what is it that that brings you into One Piece? What got you in there and got you hooked? Sure. Uh, what got me hooked was, it's funny, you mentioned the, uh, like, oh, but you, you got to trust me, you know, after 200 episodes, it's really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? Um, volume 9 uh, is, uh, there's a story in here about uh, the character Nami. This uh, She's on the cover here. Mm-hmm. And it's her backstory. And uh, I, I tell this story often, but when I, when I first started reading the series, uh, my Japanese level was, was not what it is now. And I needed to read, um, uh, not scanlations, but, uh, I guess, what do they used to call them? Like fanlations? It was text. It was just text. Somebody, somebody went into notepad and made an HTML text page. And, um, you would, you would look at the pictures and you try to read it and you'd be like, yeah, I can't read this Japanese at all. And then you'd, you'd look over to your monitor and you'd read the sentence. And that's how you, you read this, this chapter. And up until that volume nine, uh, I'd been reading translations by a Thai, uh, an individual from Thailand uh, who did English translations. Bless her heart. English was not her first language. Um, I am so grateful to her for having done those, those translations because they allowed me to, to, you know, to get into the series that way. But they just weren't doing it for me. Um, I, I just, <laughs> um, there, there was something that was missing. There was, there was a soul that was missing from the series. And I was getting the information, but I wasn't, the, the, the heart of the series was not getting across in those translations. And I didn't know this at the time. And uh, it came to a point around the end of the, the Krieg arc, which is the, the, aka the arc where they get the cook. And, um, I, her translations ended and I was just like, ah, no, what do I do? And I found this fellow, uh, just by chance. His name was uh, Steven. He had like, it wasn't Android's dream of electric sheep, sheep, but it was some, something like that. It was some weird homepage title. It was just a fan page. And he had a lot of the volumes and I thought, oh, cool. I found a new place. And I was reading the NAMI and I was just like, oh my God. I was like, this series is, these lines are so much more than I thought they were. And, um, they're so more expressive. And, you know, I guess this is what you get when you get a, uh, a, a native English speaker, who's also really good at Japanese, um, doing these translations. I read the Nami story and for the probably first time in my life, not anime, I mean, Dragon Ball, because I was, um, because I was a teen when I watched Dragon Ball and Goku does that final, like Genki Dama and everybody's <laughs> like, here, here, take my, I, w- I would like tear up during that. Right. Because I was, I don't know, what, I was 13, 14. I was like, oh, this is, this is so amazing. 
but I never cried over a over a manga because you don't you don't have the music, you don't have the voices, you don't have a lot of that emotion, you don't have the color. A black and white page, like why why would I cry over this? Niagara Falls on this backstory. Um, there are two lines in there that even if I read if I open the page and I look at it today, I'll just immediately just start tearing up. Uh, and I was just like, is this what this entire series is like? Have I been missing this? And I, I, I went back and reread the series using, uh, this individual's translations and they, they weren't as, as, uh, they didn't have as much impact as that Nami scene does. It turns out I just, I, I it really resonated with me that story, but, but from the very beginning, it was a very strong dialogue, very strong story that I hadn't realized at that point. And I thought, this is, this is different. This is something, this is something special, uh, to be able to, to move me to the point where I'm crying over looking at a, a piece of paper, essentially with ink on it. And, um, that's, that's when I became, I, I, I dedicated myself to, to, to being a hardcore fan of one piece. Um, cause I was like, there's, there's stuff here that I'm, I'm missing. I'm, I'm missing out on and I, I got to find out more. So that's when I, I got into it. Previously it was Dragon Ball, but mm-hmm. yeah. I remember something similar happening with me and uh, fairy tale. Ah, yeah. Um, Mi- Mishima Sensei. Uh, I think it was. I think so. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, with uh, with Urza Scarlet's background. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, I think I read that. Urza is she the one who does the um, X quipping or something? Yep. She does the, yeah. the armor armor magic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that brings back memories. I did catch up with that at one point as well. It's funny. He um, he and Oda have a, a similar art style, so a lot of people yeah. really railed on that poor guy for that. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was. It's a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of animosity between Rave was his previous series. Yep. Uh, around when Rave came oh, out, yeah, Rave. A lot of people dug into him for that, and One Piece was the more popular series. So it, it felt bad when people were like, "Hey, you're copying off of Oda." It felt bad to be like. It doesn't matter, guys. If you're enjoying the story, then that's yeah. all that really matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, G. You you, you were going to say something. Yep. Okay. So we have you know we have the uh, those five year arcs, and we uh, we lose some people uh, along the way, but hopefully gain new ones. Are the pe- are the people who are like in it? Is there is there a pride that they've they've gone through the whole series at this point? <laughs> For twenty years, is that a, a bad um, just, just Greg apparently? <laughs> There, there are, uh, you know, I've, it's unfortunate that I, I was not there from the, uh, from the start. Uh, I came in, I came in uh, 2001, which at the time was like, oh, wow, you're, you, you got into the series late. But now it's like, that's, <laughs> that's volume like 23, 24 of 90. So now it, it's back to like, oh yeah, wow, you're, you're there from, you know, a long time. That's changed. That's weird still. For people who who were fans from the start, there is a there is a, a sense of pride among them. I met <clears throat> one individual the other day. Uh, well, not the other day, but just this past summer. Who um, he was at a One Piece uh, like gathering. They had a, a fan gathering, and he was a he was an old old timer. He walked into the into the um, into the the venue, and we were like. Uh, do you have perhaps the wrong place? And he said, is this the one piece gathering? And, and we're like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, this is it. 
and we were like, what, what's your story? And he's like, I've liked One Piece since the beginning. And we're just going, really? How old are you? He's like, I'm 60. We're going 60, see? So you like you started reading One Piece when you were 40. I'm 35. In five years, <laughs> I'll be I'll be where you were when you started One Piece. Oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, yeah there there is a there's a pride uh, among fans who, who've been with it for that long because they, because they have it's twenty years. 21 years. If you ask me, some people, especially overseas, have a little bit too much pride with it. You get this, and mostly among teens and you know people going in, into college age who are like, "Well, I like I like this series, so obviously it, it's the best, and there can be no other best series." Um, I find that mm. you know as you get older in life, that doesn't matter at all. So you just enjoy kind of everything. You're very positive about everything. There's no us versus them. It's just us. We all like the same genre of entertainment. So uh, it's just nice to be able to enjoy everything all together. When you get cases like people are plagiarizing or doing this, that it gets a little, that's a little bit more um, icky sticky. But uh, with a lot of the Jump series, I, I think everyone basically plays nice together um, and, and enjoys having a rivalry among, among the authors, even if the fans get a little bit too dedicated air quote dedicated mm-hmm. sometimes uh but I, I do think there is a pride that exists yeah it just it just makes me think of um of infinite jest which uh was definitely a book that i got stockholm syndrome from it's <laughs> <laughs> a thousand page it, like, novel with like how many footnotes yeah. hundreds yeah you need you know you, you need um you need two two bookmarks to read it one for the main story one for the footnotes it's like what is this now i'm, I'm sorry uh, the book Infinite Jest. Infinite Jest. Foster okay. Wallace. It's, uh, it is the 10th longest book in the English language. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> I was lugging around for more than a year. So it's like, it must be an, an incredible book if I have it <laughs> with me for this long. And just like, yeah, it just reminded me of that. One thing that somebody brought up uh, while I was doing the research is that um, oftentimes One Piece has like a sort of a, a format similar to an RPG like they arrive in, in a new place, see someone in trouble, meet the big bad, and so on. Do you think that has an appeal, appeal to a lot of people? It's a blessing and a curse. If you're into that kind of story, I mean, One Piece is your jam. If you don't like that kind of story, then One Piece is not for you. If you're looking for like the... Um, the kind of I want to read an existential journey of, of a man finding uh, the... the the reason why humanity is hopeless. If like, that's what you're going for in manga. And there are so many manga, wonderful manga like that. Uh, one piece is not for you. If you're like, <laughs> I want to read a short story with, uh, fart jokes and, um, crazy powers and a skeleton with an Afro, then <laughs> one piece is, is for you. Um, yeah, I, I think the, it's funny you mentioned the RPG formula because, a lot of people like to. I I have a lot of haters. I unfortunately have uh, have haters. That's mm. that comes along with it. And people like to say that. Oh, Greg will never say anything bad about One Piece. It's like I I have to be careful about when I criticize One Piece just because of my proximity to it. Um, but I'm also 
happy to be one of his harshest critics. And Oda is formulaic, but it works. It's working for him, and people like this story, which is why he's he keeps it formulaic. It, which is funny because when he changes up the formula is when he finds himself getting these these massive followings. You know, like I said before, I was de- deliberately mentioning that the the Marineford arc, which was set up part of the boom, it was part of that perfect storm, um, is very different. Like I said, it, it, you have the main character Luffy, you're following him, but nobody else from the crew is there. Mm-hmm. Very different kind of kind of uh, flow of the story, and yet it set off this boom. So maybe when he does change things up, it's a good thing. Uh, personally, I enjoy the the formulaic version of it. Hey, let's go to an island. Let's adventure. Let's uh, find the the um, the problem that these people are having. Um, oh, we don't need to solve it for them, but because of X reason or X um, motivation, uh, we're going to. Because Luffy is is a positive guy that looks out for his friends. Uh, Maybe they gain a new character and uh, they, they move along. You'll also have these uh, these groups of characters that, that Oda, and, and this is every arc, even the Wano arc, that Oda has this group of, of ragtag ruffians that he'll throw in. And uh, let's see, he had uh, on Skypia, he had the uh, the gorillas, um, the Skypian, or the, uh, they are the Skypians, but the, the gorillas who became the Shandians. In Impel Down, he had the prisoners. In uh, Water Seven, he had the the shipwrights, and all he's do every time he introduces this group of of ragtag um, kind of outside the law. You don't know if they're quite good, quite bad. What he's doing there is creating a way for him to move the plot forward at some point in time. Um, they're a way to to work with the crew. They can work against the crew, and then they can finally work for the crew at the end to make to pull things together and that's why he he has them they're 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 entertaining but when you see a group of of characters introduced this um i i guess they're going to be the uh the samurai this time around in in wano um when you see you know you're like okay all right these characters are eventually going to end up on the side of the straw hats uh willingly or unwillingly and uh they're there so that when oda's like F me, how do I get out of this situation? Um, he's like, ah, I have this group that uh, I, they're kind of free-floating, they're kind of neutral, neutral, they're chaotic, neutral, and I can use them in any way I want to move the story forward. And that is formulaic. If you want to call Oda formulaic, I would not argue with you. It's whether you like or dislike that aspect of it, of the series. I enjoy it, and therefore it is for me. I mean, it sounds like even within that formula, there's there's enough room for a uh, for a little bit of change every now and then, right? Like you said, the the group of of ragtag ruffians can help out the straw hats willingly or unwillingly, for example. Mm-hmm. So there there are there are different flavors yeah. that he can add to it, yeah. but I I will be the first to admit that he has a pattern mm-hmm. that that he fits. Um, Something like the this is why something like the the Zoe arc. Uh, there's a an, an arc where they they ride the back of a giant elephant. See that that sentence right there kind of describes what what makes One Piece wonderful is is like okay he's formulaic, but they're riding a giant elephant on his back and there's a city there and um, that's that's what's kind of great about it. Okay, that's that's the pull. But uh, you had this arc 
And it was, again, very different because it was a story that didn't feature the Straw Hats as the, the quote-unquote heroes. Um, th- they kind of came in as the heroes and they f- they found out how the story got to that point through a series of flashbacks that were kind of told in and out of order. And that was new. That was, that was fresh. That was definitely different for him. But those cast of characters were still there. Yeah. You know, those, those ruffians were still there. Um, you still had everything playing out basically the same. And he doesn't he doesn't uh, vary from that, but that's, that again goes back to his theory about how he wants an arc to, to run in terms of the level of enjoyment that comes out of it. And that is definitely something that is deliberate. Even if you argue that Oda is formulaic, I would not accept the argument that that is, that is poor because of indecisiveness or the lack of creativity on Oda's part. He's super creative all of that is deliberate. He knows that he's deliberately doing this and he's not telling that kind of story or a different kind of story because he doesn't want to, which might sound like a little bit of a cop-out, but we've seen that he's capable of doing it. And at the same time, he always says, I am not, well, he hasn't said this, this is not verbatim, but he, he's not the J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling said, I have uh, this series of books that's been read by uh, fans who were in elementary school at the time, and now they're either adults or young adults. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I changed my story yeah. writing as I went along yeah. to make it for them. Yeah. Oda has never changed that. <laughs> and he will not. And that's that's deliberate. That's a choice. He says, I am still writing this story for 15-year-old boys. He says, if anybody else enjoys it, he says, that's great. I am so happy. He's like, but it's worked for me to this point to write this story with this target age group in mind. And he says 15-year-old boys. Um, he means him. He is always trying to write the kind of story that at age 15, what would I think was cool? And that's what he tries to aim for. Once One Piece is over, uh, heaven forbid, but uh, once it actually does end, what do you think its legacy is going to be? This, this goes into a little bit of like the, the theory realm. Uh, so are, are you familiar uh, at, at least um, on the surface with, with uh, the series Naruto? Somewhat. Okay. Anyone, uh, anyone so, else? Up, up to a point, a little bit. <laughs> okay. So Naruto happened. Naruto is very popular. Uh, and Naruto ended. And do you know where... Where that quote unquote, I guess, series or where, where, where it has gone, where it exists now, what is, what I know, is going on? I know there's a sequel with his son, which I presume works well into the five year boom thing you were mentioning. Sure. Maybe. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> well, well, there's, it, that's a little bit different because I think it's only published once a month, or at oh. least it was. I, I don't okay. know what's going on right now. I don't follow it that closely. But you're exactly right. The point I wanted to make was yes, you have a series now that deals with Naruto's son, Boruto. Uh, which gave birth to the joke that the Naruto series is just called Boruto's dad, um, which is <laughs> yes. which is just great. That's so that's such a great joke. It's so terrible. It's so disrespectful. But like, it's so wrong. But it's so right. Boruto is supervised by Kishimoto Sensei. Uh, he supervises. He says, uh, "Yeah, I would have done this, or I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't do that." And he he kind of overlooks. But the artwork is all done by a former assistant. There's little doubt in my mind that One Piece, which has become an industry in and of itself, uh, will find a, a way to follow that same pattern. 
Uh, and that's not to say it's going to follow Luffy's son, but uh, Oda has already uh, planted the seeds for such an event to occur after the series is done. Uh, after the series is done, Luffy's story is, is over. Unless he does, unless Oda at some point in his life does the Toriyama like, I have more stories left to tell. Let's make some movies. <laughs> Un- unless that occurs, uh, I think what they're setting up is uh, the next the next generation of, of pirates, the next crew. And they might not even be pirates. I, I mean, it would be very silly if they weren't. Throughout the entire series, you have the, um, the ch- more so in the animation, definitely more so in the animation, you have the um, the child set up where they'll go to an, an island and there's, hey, there's a kid, there's a young child, or there are children, uh, and the children are somehow involved with them. That's cut out a little bit more in the manga, but they still exist. Um, they're still there. Whereas in the movies, a lot of the animation films, they were the almost like a top billing main characters, the, these kids. And throughout the entire series, you're seeing Luffy and his crew go to these different islands. They're leaving these impressions on these people uh, and these, these children. And more and more, the children are mimicking him. Uh, or, or they're saying that, like, we want to be like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, very directly, right as the series got out of the well even with the fishman island arc there's a an arc they go to fishman island and um they they deal with a lot of heavy heavy real world topics and when they leave uh the children are imitating luffy by by wearing his straw hat they go into the next arc and they they rescue these children from a uh, from a, a crazy scientist uh, who's experimenting on them and there's a meeting of Marines and pirates. And instead of like for the, for the, you, it's funny. There's even one, one scene in one piece that, that takes on the, uh, the idea that like, there's a guy who's like, the Marines might be coming. And, uh, Luffy and his crew are like, crap. Whoa, no, that's terrible news. And he's just like, why is that terrible news? And like, cause the Marines. And he's like, yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, that's right. We're the bad guys. But uh, you you have this this meeting of the Marines and pirates, and you know normally you'd think that normal kids would be like, oh yeah, we want to be like the Marines. We love the Marines. Um, but they see they don't hate the Marines, but they see the straw hats, and they're like, we want to be pirates too. And at the end of of One Piece, when all is said and done, I think you're going to have this start of the the next generation of of. Um, pirates, the kids that want to be pirates, and you're going to see a crew, or, or at least something similar to Luffy, starting out very simple with, with one person, from the story, who wants to be like him and sets out into the world to be an adventurer. And I believe that will be one of the last panels in the series, hmm. are some of these kids, uh, who we saw as children, now grown up, well, sort of grown up, in, in, the, in the world of One Piece grown up, um, <laughs> 17 or 18 years old. And uh, heading out to sea to be uh, to have adventures like Luffy. I think that is what an assistant of One Piece. Not I don't think Oda himself, because I think once he's done with One Piece, that's it. Uh, I think some of them may pick up, and that might be the the next series. That's looking at it also from a from a business perspective. Just because if One Piece finishes, whew, that's a lot of people, including <laughs> myself, partially out of work. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you'll find some fusion of elementary school teaching and one piece that might might be able to work it out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna open this can of worms now. You mentioned that Oda tends to be like, oh, yeah, right. Like I was 15 years old and I like poop and farts and stuff like that. 
I came across this one thing in my research, and I was a little bit surprised by it uh, on the face of it, and then as I was reading, it kind of makes sense. Um, there was this article on Sora News 24, and it was talking about, you know, is One Piece sexist? And it, it had a couple examples from a Twitter discussion, and one of the quotes was uh, from, uh, I think it was from Japanese Twitter, and then translated, and uh, it goes like this. In the world of One Piece, if the pirate flag calls to you, then I guess you're just supposed to leave behind your sick wife and child, and that's totally okay and acceptable thing. So what if Usopp had his own family when Luffy recruited him? Would he throw them away the same as his father? That seems to be what the manga is telling us. Uh, and after that, it just keeps going. We meet the womanizer Sanji, who in later chapters gives comic relief by running away screaming from a bunch of Okama, who are, um, I don't know if it's clarified in the series, but I mentioned here male homosexuals or transsexuals. The usually strong-willed Nemi breaks down in tears and begs Luffy to help her save her village. Uh, and even Luffy becomes dangerously chauvinistic at times when he doesn't listen to people. I, I was just kind of curious when I was reading that, because I know that a lot of manga and anime can be like that, and obviously... Japanese culture and Western culture are not the same. They're, they're different and they have different issues and whatnot. But I was wondering what you thought about that. Cause I, they included some of the responses from Japanese Twitter. And the thing that I learned was that, um, in many ways, fans from the West or the East are very similar. That is a great question. Uh, I also need to be, be careful how I answer. So I, I don't offend anyone. Cause that's definitely not my, my intention. Um, so I'll try to keep this informational and not as opinionated as possible. I mean, we're, we're also coming from a perspective as Westerners, right? So it, there may be yeah. some experience that you have as somebody uh, being a, a foreigner in Japan that we are mm -hmm. not privy to. All right. So Oda is an author who who supports, especially during this, this very arc right now, uh, he supports openness and mixing of cultures, people knocking down borders, exchanging ideas, uh, exchanging um, culture, seeing how to, how to grow and, and make yourself better through, through new experiences and through expanding your own horizons. But here's the caveat is he was also right. Whether I, whether I think that's, that's good or not. I mean, and I think most people would agree that's a good thing, but whether I think that's good or not is completely out of, of the question. I, I'm not going to offer my opinion on that or this. He was raised on the, the kind of Japanese era of, and, and that still exists in Japan, the era that like the man is the, the, the samurai, the blue samurai, even their soccer team, the blue samurai. It's the world of the Western of, you know, and, you know, interestingly enough, many Westerns were, were based on samurai flicks. So, you know, they're, they're really one and the same where not, it's a man's job to do X, Y, Z, not that it can only be a man, but if you are a quote unquote man, then you need to do what a man quote unquote should do. And Oda was raised on late late seventies, uh, early eighties, a culture of films, both based on, uh, samurai period, Edo period, Japan, Meiji period, Japan, and modern day with the, uh, the trucker films and the, um, you know, the kind of the, the Toho fair of, uh, Yankee movies and such. One of his favorite movies is seven samurai. And that is not only is it coming to the forefront in Wano right now, that idea, but it's also his 
part of his thesis for One Piece is if if only you could have gotten to know those characters, those seven characters more, uh, he feels that the story of Seven Samurai would be even better, even more enjoyable. Uh, now, you can make the argument that Seven Samurai is enjoyable because you don't get that background information on all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you kind of fill it in yourself, which is enjoyable. But he's of, of the opinion that uh, he feels it would be much cooler if they would have been fleshed out. And that's why we have One Piece. It's because that's what he's essentially trying to recreate in, in a pirate sense. These ten or so uh, ruffians that come together and uh, not necessarily, they're not heroes necessarily. They don't want to be heroes. They, they certainly are, but um, they wouldn't call themselves heroes. They're just doing what, what they believe is right. And uh, a lot of those characters, when Oda was a child and when he was growing up and watching these films, were the men, were the male. And who, where, when, at what point in time were these, were a lot of these films based on? Well, a point in time in a culture that still to this day was very, male oriented in terms of not, not even necessarily who's the breadwinner, but just of, of what a quote unquote man should do. And what does it mean to be a man? Are you less of a man? If you do this, are you less of a man? If you don't do that? And he has an opinion on that. He, he puts a lot of that into Sanji and Sanji gets a lot of flack for it. Do you agree with the fact that, uh, Sanji didn't kick a woman, even though, uh, it was to save another crewmate of his. Th- this is uh, referring to a, a scene in Ennius Lobby where he refuses to kick a woman and he is beaten um, by her because of that in an effort to, to try and save one of his crewmates. Uh, did he fail? Yes, he failed. Uh, you could also make the argument that and it's funny because Sanji makes this exact same argument later to the character Usopp is you need to do what I can't do. And Luffy makes this, even Luffy says this. Um, I, I have, I think it's during Arlong Park. He's, he's like, I have complete confidence in myself to fail if I don't have you to do what I can't. And he says it in, in a little bit of a roundabout way, but, but he, he said, he says it's so cool. It's like, it's like, I have complete confidence in myself that I will fail unless you're here to help me. <laughs> um, and that's, that's kind of what I, and Sanji later makes the argument that like, you need to do what I can't do and I'll do what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And some people, even with that, don't, don't agree with it. Don't agree with that, that view of it, but that's Oda's not saying you can't be a strong woman. He's not saying that uh, females can't do this, but what does he want to draw? He wants to draw a story where a lot of these males are showing these same aspects of, of characters that he's, he's experienced as a child. Do you agree or disagree with that? Uh, I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. Um, but I can understand how some people would have an issue with that. I believe that he has strong female characters, whether they all look the same or not. Uh, Design-wise, is a completely different issue. That's another criticism <laughs> that I'll completely accept. There's a famous image on online of uh, of One Piece females where their their faces are their their outline of their face and their hair is taken away, and it's just their eyes, their nose, and their mouth. 
And they're like, can you name the character? And I swear to God, they 90 percent look exactly the same. That's a completely different different story. Um, I think that these characters, the, these strong female characters exist, but he doesn't draw them in a way that people want them to be drawn. Then maybe if this upsets you, maybe you shouldn't be reading a story where an author does this um, if it upsets you because he's not going to change it. There, there are very few things that he's changed in the series. One of them was uh, uh, a manji on the character Ace. Ace had a manji on his back. Manji is the um, uh, what many people uh, have come to associate with the uh, with the swastika. Uh, it's originally used as a, a, a Buddhist uh, form of imagery, mm-hmm. and uh, at one point he said, uh, "Look, we we had an editorial you know discussion about this, and it needs to change." So he changed it obvious reasons for that but i mean in terms of telling the story and what story he wants to tell i think there's only one other case which was where luffy said he would kill someone very early in the series like i'll kill you and uh he got a letter from a an old lady maybe even his grandma um, he was he wasn't very specific uh, but he said an older woman sent him a letter from his from his hometown and said like you shouldn't say kill and uh, that's another instance where he did change the story. He doesn't have Luffy say kill. He says, I'll send you flying or I'll beat you up or I'll do this or do that. Uh, but he does not change hmm. what he thinks is quote unquote cool. Uh, unless he thinks that it's detracting from the story that he wants to tell. Uh, obviously Luffy saying kill or not did not in- inform the story. It didn't have a part in it. Uh, Luffy, uh, Ace having that manji on his back didn't have a big part of the story. It was just a design that he thought was interesting. Uh, so he removed it. But when you say something like, uh, he needs to change these, the, the core of these characters. Not, and I don't mean you. I mean, people who are making this argument. Uh, it's, it, if it really hurts you and if it really offends you, um, I, I don't know if it's going to get any better. And that's, that's my sense on it. That's my two cents. Three cents maybe. Probably ten cents. <laughs> but it's a great question. It's a great topic. Yeah. I, and I mean, that's not... It's by no means specific to One Piece. Like anime and manga, I'm sure the criticism has come up on many different occasions and different artists are probably more likely to be accused of that than not. I I just thought it was interesting because I, in what little I know of One Piece, I think of it as a goofy kind of show with pirates. And uh, I guess I hadn't really thought any deeper than that until I had read some of of that. Well, you know, some of these... I think there are a lot of people – I'm not going to invalidate the argument. It's always good to, to have a discussion about these things. But I think that a lot of these also popped up when they became hot topics in society for other reasons and you know became discussions on, on places like uh, you know YouTube and for, for videos and, and for you know keywords. And a lot of keywords that, that, that get people going or get people passionate, you know, find their way into a culture – uh, as soon as you know, well, okay, let's let's apply this keyword to One Piece, you know, sexist or that. How can we make this argument because it gets gets people going? Uh, you didn't used to see them, and I'm not saying it's wrong because you didn't used to see them. Um, I'm just saying that uh, the, there may be part of part of this argument is being made for I don't want to say for clicks, um, but I, I do think that there are some people who definitely personally benefit from making a deal out of these things. 
And for the people who aren't and who genuinely want to discuss it with an open mind and an open heart, please do. Please continue to, because it's it's great to talk about. There are a couple things you were showing us before we began that we were um, kind of alluded to, but what are you excited about uh, re-One Piece right now? Boy, I am really excited about uh, the Wano arc. The Wano arc is awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wano being, for, for people who don't know One Piece, Wano is... Uh, Japan, basically. It's the One Piece's version of Japan. And uh, it's called Wano Country. And in Japanese, you'd say Wano Kuni. And Wa no Kuni means p- basically the land of Japan. Wa is another way of expressing harmony. Or um, it's it's what Japanese people tend to call, re- refer to them, them, not themselves, but the country itself. Wa means a Japanese essence. So he's kind of played with the word there and made Wano. He put them together. The, the essence of being Japanese country and made it, you know, Wano country. Just because it's fun to see an arc that you know Oda has been planning for a long time. Uh, you know, some, some of the recent arcs like Dressrosa, Punk Hazard, you get the feeling that uh, he's... He's kind of doing it on the fly and he's okay at doing stories on the fly, but it's really best when, when he's had a, a long-term story in his mind that he's wanted to tell. Uh, and Wano definitely gives that vibe. The Zoe, the giant elephant thing that also gave that vibe. Just reading week to week has been great. Also a little bit of, of self-indulgence. Um, I made a lot of predictions years ago, I think 2012 <laughs> or so uh, around chapter 600 and around chapter 700. I made a lot of predictions because there were a few subtle hints, and uh, in recent weeks, some of those have, have really come true. So um, he shoots, he scores. Um, <laughs> super happy, super happy about that. A little bit of bragging rights, but also what we have going on right now is ta-da! We have this figure that is uh, available in arcade machines around Japan, and I think you can you can find it on, on various sources online. Uh, there's our our beautiful faces right there. We designed this this Luffy figure. It took about a year. It was about a year ago, just about a year ago that we started on this. And it just got released this week. So, um, you know, what do they call them? Crane Games? Crane UFO yeah. catchers in Japan? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you can win this prize at Crane Games across Japan. And uh, just yesterday, this released, da-da-da-da, One Piece Magazine, uh, Volume 4. And what do we have here? In the back, I was uh, lucky enough to to be interviewed with the Jap- kind of the Japanese version of me. That's me there in manga form. <laughs> so there's an interview with it. Unfortunately, it's in Japanese, but uh, we talk a little bit about um, being a One Piece fan, about being a fan, uh, you know, th- again, about the different age groups of fans, uh, what it's like being a teacher, uh, teaching your students and, and talking about One Piece. Uh, some of the hidden... I guess lyrics in some of uh, Oda's color works. He uh, he has a, a quote here. It's um, you know the pirates ain't leaving no slack is written on one of his color spreads, and uh, that's actually a quote from James Brown. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, from a song called "It's Too Funky in Here," and it's not. You know the pirates ain't leaving no slack. It's you know the man ain't leaving no slack. So we talk a little bit about his hidden stuff, the secrets of there. A lot of a lot of great hidden stuff in one piece. Um. And then also, again, you know, connected to the figure. Ooh, there we are. Uh, we have a, a four-page spread 
where the, uh, the, the co-creators of this Luffy figure that I just introduced, um, we talk a little bit about uh, how the, the creative process, what went into it, what we were aiming for. And uh, that's in the that's in the nice glossy color pages too. Um, hooray! Ooh. So yeah, that's, that's a, premium. That's premium real estate, right? I know. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about that. So yeah, those those are what's going on as as usual. Um, I'm keeping up with with writing on the uh, the official One Piece website and uh, the V Jump magazine. But uh, that's that's where we're at right now. Excited about the new movie coming out this year. I hope. Um, (laughs) (laughs) how often did they come out Uh, that's a good question they used to be every year but then Oda was like the quality is declining he's like we need to we need to make this better and that's actually what started the strong world movie that I was talking about okay Uh, so now it's like now it's like every two three years there's a one piece film okay that's pretty good and of course we have the live action series Somewhere down the pipe. The what? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yet to be announced, or is that? Uh... That is that is announced. Oh, wow. It is the, the fact that that it is a thing has been announced. Wow. Those those are those are what I'm excited about coming up in One Piece. Aichiro uh, has you know gone on record as saying that he is not interested in writing canon romances, um, but of course the fans in the fan fiction. <laughs> Are kind of taking care of that, you know, with their own ships and everything, the slash and the, the hat and the Yuri and whatnot. I did have some fast facts about, at least from the English speaking world, uh, on fan works. So, Archive of Our Own, which is a really good resource for all sorts of different fan works, has over 12,000 different works for One Piece, which is a lot larger than what we've been looking at recently. Top three categories uh, Male Male is almost half, actually, it's just over half. Gen, okay. which is general fiction. Is this English, by the way? I'm, I'm just this curious. Is, this is English speaking, as far as I can tell. Wow. Oh, no. Okay. Um, Gen, which is just general fiction, not primarily romance uh, driven, is 3,600 picks, which is about a quarter. And female male is 2,800, which is, I don't know, 20% or something? I'm not great at math on the fly. Okay. Top three relationships Zoro and Sanji is yep. 2,000, which is a sixth. <laughs> Do math on the fly. This is a very bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but like it drops off quite a bit after that because then it's uh, Luffy and Waterlaw. I don't know who that is. Waterloo. Oh, Law. Law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luffy that, Law. That is one twelfth of the fix. Uh, okay. Uh, and then <laughs> Zoro Sanji is. Wait, what? What? Oh, are there two? There's two of them. Weird. Is there a difference between Vin Smoke Sanji and just Sanji? Oh, that's... Uh. <laughs> I've already stumbled across something. <laughs> that's something I, I kind of do have an opinion about. Um, it's it's Sanji. It's just, it's normal Sanji, but it's... Not only is it a spoiler, but it's not how Sanji would want to be named or viewed. Mm. At least at this point in the story. Okay. Well, I won't. Um, I won't so yeah, spoil that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but that was another eight hundred or so. So like less than a, a twelfth. So like a lot of them aren't driven by relationships, or I can only assume are driven by very specific pairings. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's not like aside from the first pairing that I mentioned, like not a lot of you know I I really want. There's not a clear winner, I guess, and maybe that's a yeah. result of. 
of there not being strong romantic relationships in in the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, so to clarify Oda's quote, mm-hmm. um, he says that he would not, he's not interested in drawing romance for Luffy. Oh. Oh. He is also not interested in drawing a romantic, I guess, arc. Mm-hmm. But he has never said that he is against romance existing in his story. And I, I have to be careful because I, I'm on I'm on thin ice with the, the Luffy Nami um, <laughs> shipping group. They they love me or they hate me, and it depends on, on whether they've heard mm. you know stories about me or they know me personally. And people who know me personally are, are great. But um uh he he will not draw he will not have a kind of romance with Luffy in the story uh, because he wants them to exist as a family uh, with the crew within the crew. Yeah. Because he wants them to exist as a family in his story. Uh, However, fans want to view them. Cool. Do whatever you want. I guess that's also, you know, relationships among a family is another genre of fan fiction, I suppose. Yeah. Um, But uh, I, I don't think that he wants to, he, he he's not interested in having romance for Luffy because it's not this kind of story that he's he's going out to mm-hmm. to create. Being as, as I said, he's, he wants to create this shonen action adventure goofy story, and that's not part of it. Yeah, as it relates to his hero, and Luffy is so important to his story, guys. Luffy, Luffy, oh man, his 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 existence is what makes one piece what it is. Um, if you don't have Luffy, you don't have all of these characters coming together. And I say that not as just this, the main character. I say that as he's everything that he's done to create a character like Luffy, to be likable, to be silly. He pulls all of this together. He pulls everything together, not just by being the central character, but by, by his personality. And that's that's by design and, and also by Oda. Oda has done the same thing himself with this series from a business perspective. Oda is Oda is Luffy. I mean he he would he would never say that himself, but like from my impression of him, uh, from everybody else's impression of him, we're all like, oh, he's completely Luffy. Um that's just he's that is what he is. And look at what he's done. Look at what he's created. He's created this this vast network of, of business and fans and around the world, which is what Luffy is doing in his story. Mm-hmm. And that's his main goal with the character to be able to tell that kind of story. He doesn't, and he, I, I think telling a romance uh, in his story would rob, would rob <clears throat> the other characters of having a kind of special relationship with Luffy post series. Um, I don't think Oda has any problem leaving up what happens to, to fans' imaginations um, or, or, you know, letting them draw or, or imagine any kind of uh, story they want for Luffy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Luffy, Luffy could even do the uh, the Goku-Chi-Chi thing, you know, where it's like, oh, we got married and we had a kid. Like, he could do that, but you don't see them, like, dating, you know, outside maybe the anime. They have a couple, you know, adventures in the anime, but... Um, you, you, he, he's not going to focus on that kind of story. Uh, then you have something like Pudding with Sanji, which is 
it's a messed up romance, that's for sure. But like, there's there's definitely you know a, a kind of relationship story being told there. So it's not to say there won't be romance in the story, but he doesn't want to to create a romantic tale that involves uh, Luffy uh, per se by by his by his own work by yeah. his own words. Yeah. So again, good question that that begs a lot of clarification. Yeah. And uh, discussion. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that uh, something that the fans have done is called uh, Nakama shipping. Where it's just mm. all, the whole crew is just shipped together. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that, that boundless creativity is is all part of it. I yeah. hope that's that's channeled into uh, into projects for for those uh, authors uh, later in life. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how what's it got what's it called got sorry right Fifty Shades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. There you go. Writing practices. Right. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> true. I mean, it's just not very often that uh, the practice run gets published. Yeah, right? No, no, that's true. Very few nano publishers. <laughs> uh, Faulkner Stars? I don't know. Don't ask me. I mean, Was that the same? That's John, it's John Green. He's written a bunch of shit. Yeah, I, yeah, I know he has. That may have been the first one. Oh, John Green, not Tom Green. I'm going to be <laughs> No, that would be flashback. No, very, very different. Would be a different, different book altogether. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> so the spotlight this week, which was the coolest cause that I could find, or the coolest project I could find related to One Piece, that wasn't just merch or something like that. Uh, this week it is One Piece, which you can find at onepiece.net. Uh, it is a project aiming to match the One Piece manga more accurately than toys anime adaptations it cuts out filler scenes reaction shots padded sequence and reordered scenes to stay true to the manga um given that the manga and anime are very long at this point i think it's a really cool project to check out i thought for a second that it might be like uh like a dragon ball z abridged but it's more like a dragon ball kai because everything's coming back to dragon ball this week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so if you're interested in checking out one piece and it's eight, 90 volumes and you don't have the time for that uh or however many episodes of the anime that i mentioned you also don't have time for that you might want to check out one pace and maybe it'll be a little bit shorter but just as good i hope mm-hmm. i my my official statements and because of that i'm sorry it has to be like that sounds interesting yeah uh yes i yeah. have to be careful but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, as always, support the official release. <laughs> yeah. um, is there anything else that you wanted to to plug, Gregor? Did you um, pretty much do it all already? I, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm I'm happy. I'm satisfied. Thank you for offering me that uh, that opportunity. Yeah, Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Well, in that case, we'll turn the spotlight on ourselves and say if there's, uh, you know, if you want to hear some more episodes uh, delving into fandoms, you can always go to fanthropological.com. Um, where we're stacking up almost to almost a hundred episodes. Also, uh, any the podcatcher of your choice, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, uh, will be there. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review, and uh, hit the subscribe button so you get a new brand new episode every single Friday. Um, we three are the next cast and can be found on the internet pretty much everywhere at the next cast: Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, etc. 
If we're not at the next cast on a social media platform that you enjoy, please let us know. Not on that social media platform, but probably on Twitter or at nickthenextcast.com, which is also where you can send your ideas for topics that you'd like to hear us cover on the show as well. I remember this time. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, not Halloween, but Doctor Who time. And uh, to that end, we have our own Doctor Who podcast reviewing Series 11 as Jodie Whittaker takes the mantle of the 13th Doctor, which can now be found at whoinreview.com, as we have a rotating series of hosts uh, covering every episode uh, within a day of the episode airing. Mm-hmm. Quite a feat. Uh, it's also <laughs> quite a feat that, uh, that you've listened Sorry. to this podcast, listener. Thank you very much. But if you've listened to this podcast and you've enjoyed listening, you can also sail on over to Nick the to twitch.tv slash the Nick's cast and uh, enjoy a plentiful uh, booty of all sorts of great treasures like our live recordings, which you can watch, you know, around nine o'clock, eight o'clock, uh, Mondays, Fridays. Any days, always a good idea to go over to check out when we're going to be streaming over here on Twitter, or just pop into twitch.tv slash the next cast. Uh, and why you might want to do that, aside from being able to see us record these things live, is so that you can join in the chat. You can jump down there, you know, add your opinion to, uh, or throw in your opinions about what we're talking about, um, try to stir up discussion amongst our, us maybe <laughs> with like questions or whatever anything well i mean within reason anything goes down there but especially important about that chat is that it is your window your window viewers listeners to participating in the famous last words Yes, uh, the famous last words where we get to say a thing about next week's topic before we've done the research. Or, as the, if your name is Luigi Hacks in the chat, you can just say that one piece is garbage. Uh, down, down thumb. Um, I mean, yeah, thanks, thanks for, for coming. coming. Must be a new um, booster. Maybe. Next week, we will be talking about a fandom I know nothing about. We will be talking about fans of the Vampire Chronicles, which, if you don't know what that is... Uh, the closest connection that I can think of, and if you don't know this, you're also lost, is uh, the 1980-something movie, Interview with a Vampire, starring Tom Cruise and a number of other famous people. Na- 95, I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we have another special guest, Vry, who also, uh, oh, sorry, not also, joined us for the Race Against Time this past summer, and they know a lot more about it than we do. Queen of the Damned, woo! okay that's cool yeah um so everybody what i I mean it's a little abbreviated because we had our famous last words from monday but greg this is your chance what do you want us to look up about uh, what is your famous last words your statement or question about the vampire chronicles is Anne rice a christian again or isn't she I don't. I can never tell. <laughs> it's amazing if you look at if if you look at the history, it, it flips back and forth so much. Um, and I say that not as a criticism. It's it's fascinating reading up on on her history and her uh, her opinions on religion and society. Um, I'm not a super fan, but I have read uh, Queen of the Damned twice. 
uh, because the girl in high school that I liked liked it. So, um, <laughs> oh. out of curiosity, is the girl that you liked in high school the one that you're married to now? Nope. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Could have been a sweet story, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, probably why I only read Queen of the Damned. Actually, okay. it was pretty descriptive. Um, <clears throat> hey, oh, <laughs> it, it didn't end well. Spoiler. <laughs> I like how out of the entire episode, that's what we're giving a spoiler to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I don't remember what ours were, but I have them written down from last time. So, Greg, we will definitely look into that for next episode, which is on Monday. Oh, my God. It's so close. <laughs> That that short question may have a very yes. long answer. I hope, I hope Bri has words about it. Yeah. It's interesting. I, uh, I did a wiki run a few years ago, so I wonder where she stands now. It's pretty cool. Okay. Mm. I'm very curious about this next episode. <laughs> based, on, based on things I'm hearing beforehand. Um, well, the only thing that remains left in this episode is to say, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having really me. I appreciate it. Yeah. This is this is great. I, I haven't uh, gotten a chance to, to talk about one piece like this in in a while. So um, thank you for having me. And uh, again, you guys are the best, super professional. And uh, I envy anyone who gets a chance to work with you guys again. So uh, please, anytime you want to talk, let me know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, well, we'll have to take. We'll have to take. <laughs> there's no. There's no backseat. <laughs> so until then, everyone, um, please. Email me, gatthenextcast.com, if you have a closing line for the podcast that is better than the crappy one that I say now. Um, I'm, I'm willing to try pretty much anything, <laughs> but until then, until next time, we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Phoenix style. I, I, can we get all of you in? Who would who would be in the mouth? Hey boy. <laughs> oh boy! Mm. Oh, no! <laughs> Is that where we're gonna start? <laughs> that's honestly that's you, one of the better that, starts we've had in a while. <laughs> that's how you take. That's how you take an an eight and you make it a ten. <laughs> it <sounds like> that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat>